We try to play with great pace. We try to play with great pace. Ran a lot of pick and roll, pick and pop uh, type actions. Oh, you'll see us play. Some people look at the guy next to him and say, what the hell was that shot? Hell, I could have been Gronk before Gronk was Gronk. Welcome back to another episode of of Bangerangs and Daggers. I'll be your host tonight, Kevin Knight, out here on the East Coast. And uh, with me tonight, as always, is Nate McHugh. How is it out there in Nebraska, Nate? Today is the, the first day that I've enjoyed as far as the outside in quite some time. The Just like in Lincoln, and I've heard in Omaha, where I, where I live, the streets are a sheet of ice. And if I'm wearing my uh, dress shoes for work, I literally have to take baby steps to go from my car to the door, or when I walk from the school back to my house, it takes, it's, it's like two blocks, two and a half blocks, and it takes about 10 minutes. I mean, it's, it's bad. Cause if I don't do that, if I actually take, you know, close to decent to normal steps, I will fall on my butt. So, uh, you know, that's just the weather part of here, you know, as, as far as Nebraska goes, and that's all in, Kind of the eastern part of the state, but uh, I have a question though. Uh, Kevin, have you have you ever been to New York City? I have uh, a couple times. So where did you stay when you? And the reason why I ask, and and, and then we could ask you know, the, you know our listeners if they want to chime in. Uh, my wife and I decided within the past week that we're going to go to uh, New York City after the end of this season, the uh, basketball season. And we have never, she has, she's been there, but she was much younger. Um, I have never been. And one thing you realize, if you've never been in New York city and when it comes to deciding where you want to stay, everyone, everywhere I've looked has different opinions on where you should stay as Manhattan or Brooklyn or Queens. And then even if, even if you just say, if you pick one of those, then there's like subgroups about where you should stay in each of those, you know, boroughs. So, you know, where have you stayed or where would you suggest? Um, so let's see, I'm trying to think. I want to say I've been there like three times total. Uh, sounds about right. Um, the first time I stayed with my friend in his dorm, he was using the NYU, um, summer housing. Didn't go there. We were we went to undergrad together. Um, but so he was living in Manhattan. Um, I want to say NYU's dorm was like off Washington Park, maybe. Um, uh, I at Washington Square Park rather. I think it was near there. Uh, I mean, the dorm was just a colossal dump, but uh, it, it was nice being in Manhattan that time. Uh, second time I visited him again when he was living there full time and that was in Williamsburg, um, which is within Brooklyn. Um, yeah, it was fine. Uh, Brooklyn, interesting vibe. I mean, technically Williamsburg, but, um, and then the second time again, I was in Manhattan, pretty close to Central Park actually. It was a nice spot. Um, and that one was, was fun. I, I like that one. Oh, you know, and I, I've been there four times because the other time was, uh, the fourth time was also 
really close to um, Central Park, a couple blocks away from the place that I stayed the third time. Um, I, I I like Manhattan, I guess, is the takeaway I would have. Um, it, I haven't spent like a ton of time up there. I haven't explored a bunch of the boroughs, but, um, you know, like most of the stuff, especially if it's your first time that you'll do is probably going to be in Manhattan. And so I'd say try to pick a place that's within budget that's close to Manhattan, if not in Manhattan. So, so what, what's the benefit of staying, staying in Brooklyn compared to Manhattan? Because I, is it just, it's not as busy. Uh, and I'm fine with that. I don't need to be right in the middle of things. But I just want to make sure that we are close to a subway, you know, stop at, you know, at some point. Uh, I, and I read that some of the other boroughs that the public transportation is not as good. And so you'll rely on cabs and, you know, probably on, uh, Ubers or Lyft. And so I just, you know, and I've mentioned probably on this before, but multiple times to you that I kind of miss the Metro in uh, Washington DC and so I'm kind of excited to you know go you know go around New York City using the uh, subway yeah um I think they if they haven't actually rolled it out yet they're in the test pilot period now of um using your cell phone instead of the New York um subway card uh not not to get political I only bring this up because it's a common social reference of um, Hillary Clinton during the 16 campaign, for example, tried to get on the subway and couldn't get her card to work. Um, that happens to literally everybody. It's happened to me when I've tried to use it where it's just like it's a crappy little paper card thing. Um, but so they're moving towards, if they haven't already, just being able to use your phone to get on and off. Um, but they, they also have been having some trouble with uh, – their metro or their subway rather um a lot of uh not quite derailments but breakdowns stuff like that um i think they're a lot further ahead on repairs than uh dc metro is though <laughs> um as far as i know brooklyn is based just like a different vibe a little bit more chill um but mostly just people live there because it's cheaper or they're hipsters or a mixture of both um but uh yeah, I mean, if you're near a subway, it, it wouldn't be too bad. Um, probably for the nostalgia to take a cab, but really you're mostly going to be using Uber or Lyft probably if you use um, uh, something besides a subway. Uh, and definitely rely on Google Maps. Um, especially in particular, uh, try to use, look up where you need to go and follow your stops before you get on. Um, I think they started putting Wi-Fi down in the stations, but um, maybe cell data. But for the most part, it's um, it's no cell data. So just you know, it's helpful to be kind of careful ahead of time with your your phone to look that stuff up and make sure you know where you're going. Yeah, uh, the you know I've never been. My wife has when she was much younger, and I have zero interest in most of the. You know, stereotypical, you know, like Statue of Liberty and all that stuff. Ah, I'm not really that interested in it. I want to go see restaurants. I want to go to different neighborhoods. 
I want to be able to, you know, when you hear someone like in a movie or a television show or just people talking about where they live, when they say, yeah, I'm Astoria, you know, that's where this happened. I'm like, oh, I know what Astoria, you know, where that is, you know, uh, or the Upper East Side or the Upper West Side. Like, I literally until this week, I, I have no clue what that meant. You know, I know what Central Park was, um, the financial district and all that. So it's been kind of fun looking it up. But uh, generally, the food is what we're going to look at, you know, trying different restaurants. Uh, so I'm kind of excited. Uh, I was glad to find that you can fly directly out of Omaha. Uh, we're, you know, we got our plane tickets ready, $200 round trip, uh, nonstop. So, uh, Which one are you going into? The, uh, what's going on? Um, LaGuardia, I think. I don't know. I don't know. I have no idea. Maybe I should have checked which one I should fly into. I have no idea. Um, um definitely if, since you're flying into, or rather you're, you're visiting New York, so you just make sure you don't go to Newark. No, no. Yeah. It's not Newark. Yeah. I've yeah been, well, uh, then I, again, I mean, for, for that price, you're probably not flying United. So that's would have been an easy guess, I, I suppose, but just, just wanted to make sure that was clear. <laughs> don't, I, don't do Newark. When we flew back from Ireland, it, we, it was out of Newark, and uh, there was a chance that our flight was going to be late or possibly, um, you know, going to be delayed to the, the next day. And I told my wife, I said, let's go to New York City. Like, I've never been. And she's like, no way. You know, it, it didn't end up happening. But so I've been to that airport, and uh, but no, I think it is LaGuardia, I think. Okay. Yeah. Nice, nice third world country right there. But, uh, <laughs> it's, um, I, I think it's, uh, I want to say Biden or Chuck Schumer. I forget which, um, makes a joke that, um, it's, it's worse than a third world country airport. Like there are ones in third world countries nicer than it. But I mean, I think it's like $13 trillion or something that the port authority is sinking into that. So that will be better. Um, I just remember for my 25th birthday, uh, my then um, boyfriend, now husband, and I uh, took a trip um, together, and we had to take a shuttle flight up to JFK to make our connection. And there was just um, uh, to take the shuttle flight out of Reagan, where we flew out of here in DC. You have to get on a bus and go out to the plane and stuff. Um, and there was this business guy there whose assistant booked him on the flight. And this is an early flight; it's like five thirty a.m and that it's supposed to take off and it delayed almost an hour and we're barely going to make our connection if at all. Um, and he's just standing on the bus with everybody else passive aggressively waking up his assistant to, uh, ridicule him for booking the flight, but then saying, Oh no, 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 it's okay. We can talk when you get in the office. It's like, yes, do that. Hang up. Nobody wants to listen to this. It's early. We're all annoyed that we're flying in a JFK late. Can you just not like, Date 35X is already bad enough. Don't do this to us. And to this day, I, I still remember that experience and how difficult it was not to throttle him without having coffee. You're coffee guy, huh? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely uh, require caffeine consumption at, at points. Although, <laughs> the, the funny thing is, is like, I... I just wake up and I'm up generally. Like I'm not necessarily like a morning person, but like when I'm awake, I'm awake. I'm, I'm fully up and active and whatnot. Um, whereas my husband is, is not. And 
very much dislikes whenever I'm particularly talkative in the morning before he has his coffee. No, I'm the same way. I, like, if I need to be up at five or whatever, that, you know, which is not normal, but if I'm up at five, I'm up and I'm going to be up. Uh, it doesn't mean I'm like super, ener- you know, super energized and ready to go. Uh, but anyways, I, I, people are like, come on, you guys have to talk about basketball. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I suppose, you know, it is a basketball podcast, yeah. but, uh, you know, I mean, when we have losses to, Indiana and Wisconsin and a Rutgers preview that will probably be a loss to talk about. It's, it's nice to talk about fun things. So not that Nebraska ball isn't fun, but it could be, you know what? It could be a lot more fun. (laughs) This is true. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, you know, I don't know this, this whole season I, I was, how the uh, non-conference schedule, you know, wrapped up. I was thinking at one point we might not get a conference win, you know, and the fact that you know I think we have two, right? Uh, yeah, two. Yeah, two conference wins. I just, I don't know. I, I am not, you know, disappointed. I guess you could say in how things have gone. Uh, we can talk about Wisconsin and, you know, cause I, you know, I have a couple of thoughts about that, but, you know, it's, besides a Rutgers game, you know, I, and Rutgers just kind of just beat the crap out of us. But, uh, I was expecting a lot worse. So I don't know. I don't, what were your thoughts about the Indiana game? Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it started off promising. They made shots and then they hit a shooting slump, which I mean is going to happen even with a particularly great shooting team. Everybody has shooting slumps. The problem is, is this team has too many for too long, um, which I think a lot of people would probably remember about Tim Miles teams. The difference being that, uh, this one can be a little bit difference of, Poor shot selection at times, trying to force things when they get frustrated and don't fully run through the offensive sets. And uh, also, just I mean, they're just cold at times because um, they're good, some of them borderline great shooters, but I don't think any of them are really truly elite shooters, and that, that shows. Um, that's why we jumped out to uh, you know, a fairly good start with Indiana, slump down five Indiana goes off on a hot run, but we still managed to fight back and make a a fight out of it. And the score was, I think closer than, uh, closer than the final score kind of shows of 82, 74. I mean, eight point loss. It felt closer than that at times at the end. So that it was nice to see them continue to, to not give up even with, you know, the conference record at two and five. Well, you know, the, you know, Cam Max scored 17 of his 20 points in the first half, and that's probably what gave him a little bit of, you know, you know, kind of a gap. We would call it gapping it. And, uh, you know, if he only has three in the second half, that makes it really tough. And, I, and they, they changed probably their ball screen defense, I assume, to try to get it out of his hands. And that probably is, it's, it's a hard adjustment to make, especially when he's leading the team 
in uh, assists by a very, very, very large margin. I actually got on our Twitter account earlier this week, and I'm going to try to find it. But I said, um, because I was just kind of looking at a couple things, and I was like, who do you think is the second? Yeah, here it is. Cam Mack is leading Nebraska with 123 assists. Uh, who do you think is second on the team of 30? And I gave the options. And there's a poll. I gave the options. Hanif Cheatham, Gervais Green, Deshaun Burke, and Thor. And did you vote on that, or did you notice that? Um, I I don't think I actually caught that one in time to vote. Well, this is this is the yeah that, that's fine. Okay, okay. How about this? <laughs> I I would have been wrong. I know that. I, I would have voted. I would have voted for Burke. Burke, okay. Burke got 12.8% of the vote. This is out of, um, uh, probably have to be signed into our own account to see how many votes there were. There's probably 312. 312 votes, okay. Uh, Hanif Cheatham was second with 13.5%. Gervais Green was last with 7.1%. Thor was number one with 66.7%. And I think that shows you kind of what Nebraska fans think about Thor because, like, you know, he shares the ball very well. He's very, you know, he, he works very well in the offense. But lucky, or you know, are just a coincidence or whatever, or ironic, I guess I should say. Is Gervais Green's the answer? He's the he's on he's the second in the team in assists with thirty, and he was last on in, in the vote. And I and I thought, yeah. That's, I mean, if that's Nebraska basketball, I guess, you know, I think part of it is he's, he's kind of the backup point guard earlier in the season. Obviously, he has not played as much lately, but uh, I thought that was really, really interesting. And so I assume they, they tried, they, you know, they tr- probably tried to get the ball out of his hands, uh, his, I mean, Cam Mack's hands, Indiana. And uh, I see it for other guys to make plays for, you know, uh, and then. Nebraska had a couple, you know, had a tough time. So. Yeah. It, too bad he didn't get one more assist than that one to make it a double-double again. But yeah, he had this. Go ahead. Although, then again, Thor was also one rebound shy of a double-double himself. Uh, 13 points, nine rebounds. Uh, second in scoring in that one. But, um. Yeah, and unfortunate they couldn't get this one done against Indiana, but uh, I think probably we can wrap that one up and move on to the Badgers. Well, did, um, before we do that, did you see mm-hmm. what Doc Sadler said about Thor um, on the Husker um, Sports Nightly radio show, which I thought was very interesting? Yeah, yeah, I did. Um he, uh, for, um, for our listeners, uh, what he basically said was everybody at Nebraska wrote him off and didn't really want to, uh, didn't want him to stay, wanted him to go. Coach Hoiberg, however, in meetings with them, uh, um, yeah, with the started, coaches, with the coaches, yeah. I was like, yeah, uh, the coaches were kind of, well, so the way that I kind of heard what he said was that, the assistant coaches were kind of apathetic on it of, you know, yeah, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. 
whatever. Like, what do you think, coach? Um, but the view from their standpoint was the fan base and kind of the institution as a whole wasn't really very big on him. Um, but their view was coach Hoiberg in his meetings with him talking about his offensive scheme, uh, Thor's style of play, his focus his his drive that he could tell from the meetings was such that he became a huge fan of him and was like, we're keeping him. I don't care what, what everybody thought we're keeping him. And, uh, that was kind of, that and the assistant coaches got on board as essentially as, as fans of him as well. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought this is a testament to George Hoiberg. I mean, and it's a testament to Thor. I mean, it's, um, coach Sadler said, coach Sadler said on the radio show, Hey, you have a head coach that believes in you. And I, you know, that's a big deal to players is, when they know that the coach believes in them, I, I think it gives them confidence. And uh, and Thor's, you know, you know he, he's really showed that because he, I think, shooting like forty five percent from the three point line, and I think it might be like second in the Big Ten at one point. Maybe not now, but it was. Uh, yeah, but um, Coach Sadler's Coach Sadler said, Hoyberg's like, yeah. Sorry guys, I believe in him. And then I'm, you know, I'm the guy who's going to make the decision. And I think that's great. But anyways, uh, on the Wisconsin, I guess, uh, what were your thoughts? Um, I think it comes down to something pretty simple. I mean, if you want to go first or I can. Uh, you can go first on this one. I, I think I started Indiana. So let's, let's flip on that. Yeah. Um, it, it really just, I think, it, it just comes down to the fact that Wisconsin just shot the crap out of the ball. And, I mean, they set a school record on three-point uh, three makes. And I watched, and I watched that game. And, you know, the, you know, Nebraska made a lot of mistakes, especially when it came to, you know, ball screen defense and all that. But, I, you know, I, I haven't got, had a chance to watch Wisconsin very much this year. I, maybe they're, maybe, maybe they're going to shoot like that the rest of the year. I'm not, you know, not a school record, you know, pace, but that, they were making everything. And it's just like, oh, what are you supposed to do? And, and still, you know, Huskers only lost by 14. And I know that seems like a lot, but, you know, when, you know, Wisconsin shoots, you know, 53% from the three-point line. I mean, that's tough. And like I said earlier, you know, some of that's, you know, defending the three-point line, but they were just making shots. And I think it came down to that. Uh, I, and what I was going to, you know, I mentioned before we actually started recording, I think that Kevin Cross might have figured something out about uh, regarding you know, how hard he needs to play. I'm not saying he played great. I'm not saying that he played perfect by any means of the imagination. But he is moving faster. And maybe he's lost more weight and he's getting healthier and you know stronger. Or he's just, you know, sometimes maybe he's not thinking as much. But when I when I watched the second half, I'm like, whoa, Kevin Cross, hey, you're looking a little quicker. And I think that's great for him. And, you know, I'm not. I don't, I'm not against the kid. I just wasn't a big fan of his how he had played. 
Um, and so I was pretty, I mean, was very good for Nebraska. Uh, you know, Kevin Cross had, he was three for five from the three point line. He had 17 points, but it, it was just how fast he was moving. And on, even on defense, he like, he was actually putting effort into what he was doing. And so I was, I kind of walk away from, again, it all goes back to the fact that I had zero hope in this team leading in the conference play. And I don't know if they're overachieving or not, but, you know, I'll take it. Yeah, I, I, uh, I'd agree with that. Although, I mean, they're not going to shoot that insane of three point shooting like that. That's, that's their game this season with 53% rounding up. Um, like teams aren't going to do that consistently. This, it, it was a record setting night for a number of made three pointers. I think the stat was made three pointers in a conference game, uh, by Wisconsin. Well, I and think what, earlier, like, I, I think earlier they set the, the record and that, and I, I didn't read this, but I thought the guys on TV said, you know, they, they set the conference record for Wisconsin, but then they set the all around. And I could be wrong. Maybe you would know better than I. That's just, you know, eight. Um, I, I think they mentioned what the record was, was 15. And so when Wisconsin hit 15, like they've, you know, matched the record and then they kept highlighting how they keep breaking it with the three more made threes after that. If, just if I remember hitting. right, but I, Oh, they just keep on hitting it. I'm like, come on. Yeah. Was, eh, 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 go ahead. Sorry. I interrupted. Uh, you're fine. Um, yeah, I mean, I not taking anything away because I mean, you can only do so much when a team's hot, but also like so many times I felt like we left a guy open on the weak side away from the ball and you would just see it get dished out to that guy wide open and we'd go jumping out at him, try and block his shot without any hope of doing it or really putting any pressure on him because they had kept doing this and we kept leaving them open. Um, I mean, I collapsing on uh, down low has generally proved well in games prior to this. It wasn't necessarily the, the move to go. I feel like with Wisconsin, um, so I, I don't know if maybe it was bad game planning or maybe, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert with Wisconsin. Maybe they've been traditionally a poor three point shooting team all season. I don't remember what, I, I don't know offhand what they've usually averaged, but the overplaying the help defense wasn't obviously wasn't the best idea in this one. Um, and I, I don't think that they're, Brad Davison should get the lifetime Grayson Allen of the Big Ten Award when he graduates. I, I can't wait until he leaves. I hate that player for Wisconsin. I'm going to single him out for a second. Um, <laughs> like, talk about a guy who flops. At, at one point, they were the announcers were lauding his willingness to try and take charges, and it's like he doesn't try and take charges. He just gets in the way and doesn't generally have his feet set. Like your feet have to be set for it to be a charge. And if they're not set, it's not a charge. You know, with the obvious caveat of, you know, if they put their elbow or shoulder into it as the offensive player, yada, yada, the different generalities here, 
if his feet aren't set, it's not a charge. His feet <laughs> are rarely ever set when they call him. Can we agree? Uh, Can we disagree for, for on taking the charge? charge? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, anyways, I, I I have not read the NCAA rule book. I have not. Um, but the the parlance or the you know the the uh, the words used by officials because trust me, I have to deal with them. Um, it's legal guarding position. Do they do they have they obtained legal guarding position? If they have, then have has the offensive player displaced them from that legal guarding position? And that if they have, then that's a charge. So the you know yeah it's e- yeah it's easy. Are you set? Yes. Then that is legal guarding position if you've done it early enough. However, you can be moving and be, I mean, it's just like, it, you know, it's just the difference between, you know, how you just, I guess, the words you want to use. But yeah, if, you, yeah, if you're moving and all of a sudden the guy yeah, throws his shoulder in your chest and runs you over, you're still moving. And that was, you had established legal guarding position, but then he displaced you. And so that that's how, you know, I, you know, it's just like, it depends on what where you are because if you uh, I'm saying this as a coach, if your guy just got a charge or should have gotten a charge, then that's when you bring up the legal guarding position. But if your guy is on the offense and just got called for a charge and the guy was moving, like he's moving, you know. So it's like you know depends on which side you are. But that's just my understanding of the whole you know charge block thing. It's super subjective. You know, what's legal guard position? You can define it up and down the court, but guess what? It's still, wait, wait, wait. So does he have legal guarding position? And I'm sure maybe if someone's an official, they'll, you know, disagree, but, um, no, that's just kind of my, see, but, you know, you compared him to what the guy from Duke? Uh, yeah, Grayson Allen. Yeah, Grayson Allen. That guy's, <laughs> I dislike Duke. So much, and that guy would like he'd be running by and he would throw up his foot and then you know would would uh, kick you or try to trip you. Be like what? what? Yeah, he was you know, a tripper. Yeah. Oh, and I thought someone just had you know if I was a player and I was like let's say he was uh, you know if I was driving down the lane and he was setting up, I would I would go up and maybe try to you know I shouldn't say that you know. If my elbow accidentally connected to his face and I got a charge, it would be okay, I guess. You know, guys that play like that, I guess I'd be like, yeah, I'm going to give it back to you then. You know, this is how it's going to go. But uh, (sighs) never mind. Move on. Sorry. (laughs) Wisconsin. Um, No, you're fine. I mean, let's – I suppose we should probably be fair to uh, Grayson Allen. He never grabbed a folding chair and intended to hit somebody with it. Yes. Kansas, Kansas State. Way to show looking at you, Kansas. (laughs) You just keep being the dirty program we all know you are. They're not. They're not long for uh, that. That something's coming. I think you can feel there's anxiety building up there. Uh, I saw that they uh, suspended the kid. uh, I forgot his last name, but uh, yeah, the one that. uh, Yes. Yeah. Um, the one that's uh, 
his uncle took money and they ended up reinstating him in the end because uh, we all decided that the uncle was the greedy one and shouldn't hurt his nephew and like, oh, come on, the nephew knew about it. And now he's suspended anyways. Yeah, it, and people are, you know, I guess we can talk about this. This is college basketball. People are so, you know, oh, it's so terrible. It's so horrible. And I understand it is. There's, uh, I believe that where that fight, you know, happened was um, where the people who are handicapped sit, I believe, in wheelchairs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, they went into yeah. that area, yeah. Yes, and that's super unfortunate. And I, yeah, well, I mean, that's totally unfortunate, but, but, I mean, it's not like they knew that when they started fighting. Like, yeah, it's, it's not, not like that was at the forefront of their mind. <laughs> Yeah, it's not like you can, you can just put up your hand. Hey guys, wait, wait, wait. Hey, let's go to the middle of the floor, and then let's resume what's going on right now. No. Wait, wait, wait. Be, before you punch me back for me punching you, <laughs> let's move over here, and yeah. then you can try and punch me. Yes. I, yeah, I don't think that's how it works. And so, you know, okay. So the Kansas State player steals the ball. It's the end of the game. They're, they're, I think they're down by twenty, and, mm-hmm. and. Automatically, I'm thinking, yeah, that's on him. I'm sorry. This all and people are going to blame the guy that blocked the shot. I mean, he got fouled too. Yeah, but like I, I think personally, uh, watching the replay on that, it was a pretty blatant foul. Like, yeah, he gets all ball on the ball, but he runs into the shooter and knocks him over in oh, order yeah. to get the the block. No, and then he proceeds yeah. to stand over him and try and talk trash I, I know but this, and this is what i mean i'm like if i, if I was the guy okay if, I, if i'm the guy because i never would have i've never done this and you know even when i played the game's over if i were to steal it and then go try to score and something happens to me as a result of that that's what's coming to me I mean, I'm sorry. That's what it is. Even yeah, if like you're, you're down 20, like why are you playing pressure defense, uh, a full court pressure defense at that point when you're yeah. down 20? Yeah. What's your purpose? And so then the player from Kansas, you know, blocks him and fouls him and stands over him and stares at him. I'm like, yeah. I mean, I'd be like, what are you doing? And plus they're rivals, you know, Kansas, Kansas State. They already don't like each other. And so yeah, I am gonna I am gonna throw down, and I am probably gonna stand over you because what are you doing? The game's over, and and maybe there's I'm sure things were said throughout the game before the game that let maybe led up to that point. But I don't know, and it, you know it's too bad that they, it was a full brawl, and you know whatever. But, <laughs> I'm sorry, it, it all starts with the guy that stole the ball. And I think I've seen on the internet that uh, ES, not ESPN, but college basketball, you know, I guess experts would disagree with me, and that's okay. But if, if that guy never would have stole the ball, it never would have happened. And I was like, hey, we gotta send the guy a lesson. He's gonna steal the ball in a, in a position or a. It's almost like an unwritten rule, kind of like baseball has their unwritten rules. Uh, so, anyways. Uh, unless you have anything else, I guess we could go on to our other, our last part, or last three or six things. Yeah. Um, so I, I guess we'll mention really quick. Rutgers is oh, yeah. on Saturday. Yeah. We play at the rack. Um, 
right now they're five and two playing at Iowa. Um, let's see what's the score? Uh, they're ahead by one right now, very, very early in the second half. Um, and they're both ranked. Rutgers is 24th and Iowa is 19th. And while we're on the topic of ranked teams, you know who is not ranked right now, Nate? <laughs> I assume you're going to say Michigan. Among other teams, yes. The Wolverines are not ranked in the AP Top 25. But did you hear who is ranked in the AP Top 25? Um, Idaho. Rutgers. Yes. Rutgers hey. basketball is ranked in the AP Top 25, and Michigan is not. Feel hey. your shame, Wolverine fans. Uh, I, I watched that game when I said I said I was at that game. I think they're going to the NCAA tournament. And obviously, if they're ranked, they're probably going to. But they look good. I, I was very impressed, um, especially compared to Nebraska, because we're definitely not going to the NCAA tournament unless we win the tur- you know the conference tournament. Uh, mm-hmm. So, hey, good good for Rutgers. Rutgers needs some good you know some good vibes going on in that university. So. Oh yeah, I mean, I I mean shade only at one program and oh I know you, do. Uh, I know, but you're using yeah. records. It's like it's like yep, uh, yeah. But but having said that, I mean, I I uh I I was wrong in how I picked them, and I was wrong in predicting quite where their ceiling was. But I wasn't wrong in saying that they're a team that nobody should sleep on when they play them. So I I was half right. Well, we'll say a third right. I'll be humble. I was a third right on them in that. They're a team that nobody should sleep on, but obviously they shouldn't in the sense that they're actually really, really good uh, to a degree. And I, I think clearly a conference or uh, a NCAA tournament bid team. Um, and I mean, honestly, the, the rack is not an easy place to play even before um, this year. You know, even like to go back two years ago, um, it's not a particularly easy venue. So this is uh not going to be probably not going to be pretty on Saturday, but that's that's about all I have on that, honestly, at, right now. Um, the, yeah, do you have any anything yeah, to add? Yeah, this is but this is how basketball goes. It's going to be Nebraska's going to win this game because they got blown out the last time. Rutgers is going to come in a little confident. Nebraska's going to, you know, go, oh wow, we're going to bring our, you know, we're going to bring our A game probably, you know, because Nebraska's A game is not, you know. Not exactly very high, and uh, as far as you know, the standard goes, and they can make it a game. I mean, I I would be very surprised if Nebraska does not if it you know if it's not a you know five point game going into the the end of the second half type of deal because that's not what happened in Lincoln. They got their butts beat, and uh, you know, like just like you know. It, any other basketball game, all everything should say this game should be a blowout, just like you just said. But that's how basketball goes. All of a sudden, you know, Kavas is going to start actually making a shot, and you know, who knows? We'll find out. Yeah, this is true that, that um, uh, another home team finally lost again tonight. Uh, eh, Michigan. So now that's seven <laughs> home home losses on the season so far and we're just over a third of the way through the conference season at this point so seven home losses and that's it 
Well, there you go. Everybody else has lost on the road um, for for any losses. So that's, you know, we're, we're due to start getting that even. That's actually, this is an insane stat, by the way, because on average for the last like 10 or 20 years, I forget which it was, um, for this stat, the Big Ten has averaged between 60 and 70% tops for uh Road wins, essentially, uh, of, you know, home team wins 60 to 70% of the time at home at any given season over the last 20 years. This year, as of before the games tonight, I think this was 86.2% home court win advantage. Is that a, is that a lot? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's almost 16% higher than the, no, 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 the previous that. average high. Like, it, it hadn't been over 70% in the season. And, I mean, there's a lot of basketball left, obviously. And the schedules have actually been incredibly uneven to this point. Um, for example, the team in first place uh, has only played two road games out of their seven games so far this season. They're about to go on the road for, uh, like, four of the next five or something like that or the next four straight and six of the next seven, something like that. But but point being that the schedules aren't super even at this point, it's going to average out more, but that's still just, that's pretty insane that it's an 86% home court advantage this early in the season. Uh, That's yeah. Um, I wonder why that is. Maybe is that the three point line being pushed back? I don't know. Uh, if that has something to do with, yeah, um, I, I think the biggest it's one is parity so far. It, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's always going to be better at home, but that's. I think maybe it should be like seventy or sorry, sixty-five, seventy percent, maybe. Eighty-six is pretty. That's a lot. So, anyways, should, can I move on, or do you want to move yeah, on? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay, so I, I had the idea of. Um, these don't have to be things that we've actually talked about on the podcast. I think, but I think it's, it'd be kind of fun to go over three things that we were right about, you know, uh, Kevin and I independently and three things we were wrong about. Uh, so I don't know how you want to start, Kevin. Uh, you want to start off with wrong and then do right. And on a positive note, um, yeah. and I'll, I'll count down three to one, but you're free to, uh, anger the uh, the great Greg Mahachko with with doing it in whichever order you want the the Grand Poobah. Yeah, well, I'll say that my you know things are wrong about um one of them is a good thing and things I was writing I was right about one was a bad thing so <laughs> <laughs> uh so I yeah go ahead so you, you go ahead and start with uh the uh. Just go to the first thing you were wrong about. Um, so I'll go with uh, the first thing I was wrong about is uh, the size of the middle of the Big Ten this year. Um, in my Big Ten previews, I did the mushy middle and was saying uh, basically five through nine, five through ten. Um, five through ten, it was just sort of a throw a dart on the dartboard, and that's pretty much where any of these teams could possibly land. And really, it's at least to this point in the season, it's take teams two through 12 and throw a 
a dart anywhere on the dartboard, and that's where any of them could end up. Uh, it it you know, would have been on the same odds, basically, of how I based my rankings. So, um, yeah, I was wrong on that. <laughs> it's uh, incredibly credible parodies so far. Well, for me, my the first thing I was wrong about uh, was about Thor. I had no idea he could be this good, and I'm fi- and I am extremely happy to be wrong about that. So he's very fun to watch. Off the ball, he's probably the best in the team, and uh, so you know, I don't know what else to say. But, you know, besides, you know, I mentioned earlier about you know. Hoiberg believed in him, and obviously Hoiberg showed us why he is getting paid, and I am not. So that's the uh, first thing I was wrong about. Uh, So my next one, um, I'm going to go with the quality of praise that I heaped on Udrago. Might have been a little bit over the top early in the season, Um while he's a great player with a huge ceiling, and I'd say he was a freshman, I I didn't think he would necessarily struggle quite as much as I feel like he has so far early on in the seasons um, in conference play. He's been, I wouldn't say a, a non-factor, but he's he hasn't had an effect on the game the way that I was kind of optimistic we would see more of uh, to this point. You know, well, I watched him, I guess, against Rutgers. He is a, I mean, <laughs> he's a big, big kid. He's 17. And we've met, you know, mm-hmm. I was surprised how big he was, like wide. And, and, and it's not bad wide. Uh, I'd be interested. I hope he keeps growing up. Uh, cause, you know, it, it's funny that, I mean, he's very, he plays pretty physical. He plays you know, below the hoop, and I think that's a. And I did mention that the first time when he committed, I said during his uh, uh, his watching his highlight film and all that, he did not have hardly any dunks. And, it's, and I said at the time that is ridiculous sounding. Like, oh, why would that matter? He is blocked a lot this year. He does, and that that's why you know if you can't dunk the ball, you know. That's what's going to happen. So, uh, my number two, the thing I was wrong about was Gervais Green. I thought he, he could be a really, probably the best defender on the team. And from all I could tell is one of the reasons why he's not playing is because he's not buying into defense. And so boy, was I wrong. So that's my number two. And then my number one is I said, um, if things started to click, then I think we would see this team with the potential to be inside the top 10 in the conference standings at the end of the season. Um, you know, maybe as high as eight potentially, given how things shake out. Uh, yeah, they're not, they're not even going to finish 10th. I don't, I don't think things are going to click in a way that, that gets them to that point. Uh, they're going to be last, you think, at the end of the year? Um, I, I don't, I don't know on that one. Um, I, I'm trying to remember what it, all the injuries are from Northwestern. It was Boo Booey, it turns out, has a stress fracture 
instead of just like a ankle high ankle sprain, I think it was. So he's going to be out, I assume, most of the season then, if not all. Um, so, I mean, without him, without uh, some of their other guys, that's not I, – I don't necessarily – they have potential, but I, I don't think necessarily we'll finish behind Northwestern. But I really have zero confidence in saying that with how the season is going. And the, and the thing is, you know, we're not winning games, but we're there. I mean, you know, we're, we're there. We're, you know, we, we might end up winning a couple of games we shouldn't this year. Maybe that will help. But Oh, yeah. I mean, games that are supposed to be blowouts end up being fairly competitive, and games that are supposed to be fairly competitive have ended up being complete and utter blowouts. Even... Even the team that's number one had a near 30-point loss on the road to a middle-of-the-pack team in the conference. Like, this is just a topsy-turvy season where nothing makes sense other than Kansas is a dirty, dirty program. <laughs> you, Kansas, and Michigan. Uh, oh, I haven't even gotten into my hatred of North Carolina. Oh, I love North Carolina. Virginia. Well, you yeah. – um, Okay, number three, Jake Evans. I thought he'd be starting. Uh, I'm happy. I'm not happy, but I am very willing to be perfectly frank that I thought he was going to start. And because uh, I thought he, he could play a little bit of defense because he is, you know, the taller, he might be the tallest guy on the team, right? That uh, That's actually eligible this year. And that he shot 45 almost 50% when he was at, I think, the University of Seattle from the three-point line. I thought, that's perfect. He can play a little, you know, he's tall. Maybe hopefully he can rebound because he's a basketball player. And he can shoot 40, you know, 45% from the three-point line. That should really help a team because guess what? Maybe the guy that that's gonna be, that can provide defense at the rim is going to be guarding him, and all of a sudden now he's pulled out. And he is he has not been the guy I was expecting. He's currently shooting thirty one point six percent from the three point line. And from what I can tell, he didn't play against Wisconsin. Uh, he was in he's kind of in the rotation and was playing here and there. And I think it's hurting him. Uh, uh, because I when I against like I said when I was there in person against Rutgers. His shot looked bad. Like, he's got, a, you know, they always say the yips or something, but it just does not look good. And he just hasn't been, you know, the player that I was expecting. And not only was he's not starting, but look, unless he's injured and we don't know about it or else I've seen it, I mean, he didn't even play. So, I mean, that, if you're talking about being wrong, that's wrong. So that, that was my third. All right. So that's... That's our wrong. So now let's let's gloat about what we were right about. All right, you go first. Okay. Well, the thing that I was right about that I don't really actually want to gloat about because it's a bad thing is free throw shooting. Um, I said they need to do better at free throw shooting, and I mean, yeah, they've had a couple games here and there where they've started to get out of the basement. Um, but the fact is, is that we still have to hear all the time about how terrible they are at free throw shooting as a team on the season. Um, every game, the announcers bring it up at least once, I feel like. Um, 
So yeah, uh, free throw shooting was bad. I said it needed to get better if we wanted to have shots and games and it, it mostly hasn't. So. Yeah, that's even, uh, um, Cam Mack, yeah, cause he's a guy that he's going to have the ball in his hands and people will foul and all that. He is, his free throw shooting, uh, 58.7%. That's gotta be better. Javay Green, 55.2%. He, you know, he's kind of in the doghouse. Maybe he's trying, maybe he's finding his way out. Sean Burke, 54%. I mean, come on, guys. It's gotta be better than that. Uh, yeah. So, um, my number one, not number one, just the first one, things I was right about. Cam Mack is a, dude he is a dude he is uh probably the best player nebraska's had since this is when patrick needs to be here because he's our historian i think he's the best player i mean he's the first to ever get a triple double so we know that at least (laughs) but he i mean the, the the praise that he's received from opposing coaches like unprompted praise uh, is his his passing ability, and I he, he's 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 really good. And I and I think and that's not something to gloat about that being right about because I think everyone thought that was coming. Uh, I'm trying to think who he's the best player since somebody. Piakowski, I don't know. And I'm sure there's some Cookie Belcher, maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, so that, that that's my number. Uh, not number one, but that's just the first one on my list. So um, go ahead. Right, so the second thing that I was right about was uh, something that you had on your wrong list, actually. The rear Thorb Yarnarsen. Um, I said way back before I even came on as a actual writer with coordination, but back in my days of being a frequent commenter, um, I said he was worth bringing back, uh, for his defensive prowess alone, um, and could easily work on his offense and be a contributor. And I, I feel pretty vindicated at this point with, with saying that, um, I mean, he is one of the better defenders on the team, if not the best, uh, at least at the perimeter. And, um, yeah, I mean, he's, Chipping in to the point of occasionally being the uh, second scorer on the team, um, definitely a go-to guy. So, well, you you have you're better at projecting than I am because I was definitely wrong about that. If, uh, uh, if, if Coach Hoiberg is listening, I'm I'm for hire. So, <laughs> hey, that'd be great. That'd be a great thing for the podcast. Former podcast, you know, Bangs and Dags yeah. podcaster, currently on the staff in Nebraska. Uh, that means you'd have to move here, which means you'd have to deal with our weather. So I, well, you're, you're I mean, I'm from yeah, I'm from Northern Michigan. My problem would be if I'm going to be somewhere that cold, it doesn't snow enough for me. So, <sighs> all right, number two. Um, I I was just, I said that. Um, the addition of New Cheatham would be underrated. I believe I am right about that. Uh, 
Cam Max leading the team points per game. Hanif Cheatham is tied, actually tied for second, 12.2. Um, Sean Burks tied with him, 12.2. Uh, I think Hanif is the probably the emotional leader on the team. Uh, he seems very calm. He doesn't get too up like some other players, and he doesn't get too down. Uh, and so I think he's he's one of the most important parts of the team. You know, Cam Mac is obviously Cam Mac is obviously number one, but uh, Hanif is. You know, I thought. You know, a little unheralded as far as the guy that coming in. I think Dre Green and Cam Mack were you know, easily, easily one and two. Uh, so that's what I thought. Number I was right about was uh, Hanif being underrated. So go ahead, Kevin. Um, so my final thing I was right about is going to be kind of another negative of rebounding. Um, where early on in the season I was talking about if they want to have a prayer of being competitive in this league or really in just most any game, they need to figure out how uh, to get themselves motivated to go box out and try and actually go after a ball. And I think generally you see they're the most competitive in games, even losses, where they make the effort at the boards and try to at least be competitive. Um you know, it's difficult with the size advantage. It's a tough league to rebound in. They play a physical style of ball, but that's not an excuse to not at least try. And I think at times you see them trying, but when they don't, it's just ugly. And they need to obviously continue to improve at that. Well, there you go. Uh, number three, uh, for me, what I was right about was the fact that they're, they're, it's going to be an issue that they play below the rim as much as they do. Uh, I mentioned earlier about um, the fact that um, one second that yeah, Yvonne's you know, how he's got to be able to dunk it. Got to get up. He might have to lose some weight, I and mean, he doesn't have bad weight. That's the thing. He's just he's just got a lot of muscle. He's only you know, only seventeen, but. Kevin Cross plays below the rim too, and that is an issue. That I don't know if there's a stat somewhere of most shots blocked, <laughs> Nebraska might be up there. And which actually brings me to a very interesting stat that um, uh, the University of Nebraska sent out is that last night against Wisconsin, we finished plus twenty in points in the paint. Against Wisconsin, plus twenty. I mean, who would expect that? That we would lose a game in Nebraska, which you know wants to live on the three point line, finish plus twenty. But then you re- you remember that you know Wisconsin had eighteen three pointers. Uh, yeah. Pr- yeah. Prior to last night, the previous best was plus fourteen against Texas A and M Corpus Christi. Uh, so. You know, the, and I was right about that, and I, you know, I, that's, like I said, this is probably not a good thing that I was right about. Uh, so, yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, I, I already did my three, but um, oh, that reminds me, do you do you know oh, the sorry, alternative sorry. version of the Wisconsin fight song chorus? 
You, you and Big Ten, you know all this stuff. Uh, go ahead. I have no. Well, I, 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 know, know. I know what the real version <laughs> is. Or what the. I, I've honestly forgotten how the real version went um, because I I learned the alternative, and that this just might be something like my family did. I I don't know, but um, and actually I I altered it slightly in that. It used to be on Wisconsin with how I was taught it, but I changed it to lose Wisconsin after a um, a BS layup call that did not get off before time expired, but the refs gave it to Wisconsin anyways for the win. Um, anyway, so it goes, uh, I, I won't try and sing it to the chorus because I'm a terrible singer, but it goes, lose Wisconsin, milk them cows, let's go make some cheese. So just sing go. that to the tune of their chorus. <laughs> Well, there you go. <laughs> go make, milk, milk some cows. Go make some cheese or something like that. Yep. Yeah. Let's go make some cheese. Lose Wisconsin. Milk some cows. Let's go make some cheese. So, what would be the Michigan version of that? You know, what I mean, um, that, that, well, so I I don't really feel um, to be honest. I I don't really feel comfortable. Uh, saying what the alternative to the Michigan fight how song the, is. How about the, but, how about the, can you say Wisconsin? Okay. I, I think the state of Wisconsin. How about, how about the, uh, state of Michigan? So, like, that version for Nebraska would be, um, shuck some corn. Oh. You know, like, shuck some corn. Uh, I don't know. I'd have to think about that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what, because I don't, yeah, because you think about Wisconsin, you think you know cheese and all, you know, essentially cheese. And so, I'm like, what, 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 what about Michigan? What you know, the Great Lakes? I guess uh, I'm just trying to think what that would be from the state of Michigan, not the university, but the state. I guess I don't know. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, hmm. Okay, so this is going to be pretty terrible because it's a total first draft, but uh, let's go. Um, Lake Michigan, drive a car, let's go cut down a tree. Oh, okay. Hey. <laughs> like I said, it's pretty terrible, but there you go. There's uh, It started off as a forestry state, so let's, let's cut down a tree, um, and obviously the automobile industry. So. Oh, there you go. Um, unless you have something else, I have something to end with. Yeah, no, please. That it's getting late on the East Coast. So. Yeah, so, yeah, I'm sorry. Um, I put. I actually just tweeted this out on our Twitter account. Uh, who do you think? Uh, this is a poll. Another poll I put up as I was looking at this. Who do you think is leading Nebraska in three point percentage? I mean, yeah, I mean, I can give you four. I, I'll give you the four options if you want. Unless you're looking right now, are you looking? Um, I'm not. I'm just trying to think off the top of my head. Okay, I'll give you the four. Wise. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'll ahead. give you the four options: Cam Mack, Nick Cheatham, Thor, and Samari Curtis. Um, and so there's no minimum for required three-point shot attempts, correct? I yeah. Uh, uh, obviously. <laughs> um. Well, then I'm sort of tempted to say Samari Curtis, but I'm going to pick Thor, and I'm probably going to be wrong, aren't I? 
Uh, you, you were wrong, but your first, yeah, uh, yeah, that's a good point on uh, the minimum attempts because yeah, Smart Curse is number one with forty four point four. Uh, I just thought that was super interesting. Now he is at Evansville. They just and, fired their head coach. Yeah. Uh, not Cormac McCarthy. That's the author. Uh, Walter McCarthy for sexual assault, I think. Mm-hmm. Is that what it was? Or? Um, I, yeah, I, w- I want to say sexual assault. Um, yeah. I, I, or was it harassment? It was, it was one of the two. Sexual harassment, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was one of the two. I, I just don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, so, yeah, that's, that's probably not the greatest. I mean, unfortunately for him, you want him to do well. Uh, Smart Curtis, not, not the other guy, not the head coach. Yeah, not, not the head coach. coach. We have, we have. Yeah. Um, and so, but yeah, he, he's currently leading in percentage, but that's a good point about the, the attempts, because it might only be like six attempts. You know, whatever 44% could be, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's all I got. Unless you think you got anything else. I know that you're an hour ahead of, uh, of me. So, uh, yeah. Um, nope. There's way too much time left to try and do our game countdown, but just for a check in, Iowa is up right now, seven points on Rutgers. The game is at Iowa, everyone, and 709 left. So. That's all I got. Uh, so I'll I'll do my sign off and say you stay classy, Lincoln, in the state of Nebraska. Yeah, and hey, uh, our Twitter account Kevin's a little more active than I am. I am actually somewhat active on the Twitter account. Uh, it's at Bangs and Dags. Uh, subscribe to the Coronation Podcast because that gives you a couple others. John's been interviewing some pretty interesting people like Brett Baker. He's pretty supportive of us. And I've seen some other people he has been talking to. And it'd be a very interesting interview with John and, and then, uh, the five heart podcast. Um, they get to talk about football, which I don't, even though I write about football, not fair. Uh, so I hold a grudge against that podcast. You can come and join us anytime, Nate. <laughs> well, you are a member of the best podcast of Corn Nation Radio. Yeah, so, so I, so I, I was going to say, I wonder if Greg's listening. So <laughs> I've been here for a while. You guys are doing great. Yeah, and uh, so yeah, subscribe. We got three podcasts. Ho- you know, hopefully, maybe we can get some others. And yeah. Um, so that's all I got. Uh, my sign off is just, I don't know. If you're in Nebraska, stay safe. Don't fall on the ice because I did today. So, uh, that's all I got. Have a good one. <laughs>